disturbing for my slumber. I am eternal dragon. Now make your first wish. Your wish has been granted. Here is your host, Tim Bridgewater. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 69 of Rock the Dragon, a Dragon Ball Super Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bridgewater. Uh, you can find me at facebook.com slash rockthedragonpodcast. Take a second out of your day, head over there and like that page. Also, new YouTube channel has been launched. Uh, just head over to YouTube, type in Rock the Dragon Podcast in the search bar. You'll find the channel, you'll find some new videos there, you'll find some things that uh, aren't on the Facebook page currently, and there will be even more very soon. Uh, I'm just trying to, I'm in a sort of a race to get to 100 subscribers that'll open up a whole new level. You unlock a level. <laughs> YouTube is like a video game now, apparently. You have to do certain things and then you unlock levels and then you get achievements and apparently that allows you to do more shit. <laughs> so the sooner I get to that, the better that will be. So I appreciate everyone who has taken the time to go over and subscribe to that. Uh, if you haven't done so yet, please, if you, have a, if you have a Gmail account, that's all it takes. You don't have to have a YouTube channel. You don't actually even have to use YouTube. But if you have a Gmail and you just want to go in there and hit subscribe on that channel, then that will be a huge help to me, uh, as well as any reviews and anything like that that you have that you want to leave to, to talk about the show. Uh, speaking of that, one of the questions that came up on episode 68 of the podcast, I was talking about, uh, I was wondering if any of my listeners out there use Google Play to listen to the podcast, because f from the standpoint that I am right now, that's sort of the hardest one to track, right? Um, mostly because, well, when, when I would Google the podcast, it wouldn't pop up and et cetera. And as, and I don't really use Google play either. You know, I, I use iTunes for everything. Um, so I was just kind of wondering if any of you guys actually use that. I did get some responses on that. So I just want to kind of address those of you who were generous enough to take the time to reach out to me and let me know that you do use Google play. And to kind of uh, explain in your opinions what all this could mean. So I want to take a minute to recognize Brent for one. Uh, Brent actually wrote in to me and said, hey, listening to this week's podcast, I do now listen to your podcast on Google Play. Originally, I was listening through iTunes slash iPhone or whatever, but I was getting frustrated with iPhone. So I switched to a Google Pixel. It's a great phone and works better, in my opinion, in the iPhones right now. One thing is you can't get podcasts through iTunes anymore unless you have an iPhone. So I use Google Play and refound the podcast real easily. On it not coming up on Google Play, if you Google it, I think it's that I think that's because Google Play is more of an app and not website based. I try it again just to see and you come right up if you search Rock the Dragon. Most podcasts I listen to on iTunes were also available on Google Play and it's still free to use Google Play, unlike some of the other services out there. And then Brent sent me a couple of screenshots just kind of showing that the podcast does come up pretty easily uh, when you just type it in the search bar. Um, it's in the top three that comes up whenever you type in Dragon Ball Podcast. Okay, so that's pretty awesome. Brent, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, that's exactly what I needed to know because <laughs> I was definitely wondering about that. You know, I don't I don't that's probably once again, it's, it's the hardest to track. Uh, things on through there because of like you said that's a very good point uh, the reason why it doesn't come up when I google it is because it's an app and not just like a website or something like that uh, whereas you know iTunes very much is sort of a, a website based thing of course if you have the software on your computer so it all kind of ties in together so that would make sense that it wouldn't show up uh, 
right away for that. I also got one more email here from Corey. Corey, thank you for writing in. It says here, I sadly did not get to listen to episode 68 until after 69 was out. However, I use Google Play to listen. Easy to find. In fact, if it wasn't for Google adding it to my Dragon Ball podcast search, I wouldn't have known it was there. That being said, great work on the podcast. As someone who has seen all of Super Subbed already, I really enjoy the fresh takes on what's going on in the sh- in, on the show. Helps me feel like I'm watching again for the first time. Keep up the good work and keep on rocking the dragon. Corey, thank you so much. Uh, I think this may be your, was this your first time writing in. Uh, if not, I'm sorry. Uh, but I, I, I absolutely recognize your name because I know you, you tend to be pretty active on the Facebook page. You like posts and stuff like that. So keep it up. And I, I appreciate it. If you haven't had a chance to leave me a review yet, uh, if you get a second, please do so. Uh, always nice to know that you guys are still enjoying the show. And it's nice to know that the podcast is popping up pretty easily on Google Play. Okay, so that kind of puts my mind at ease a little bit because <laughs> I was wondering if it was just, you know, up there and nobody could see it because, you know, I can see it because I, I have a direct link because I submitted it there. Right. But I was wondering from a user perspective, how difficult was it to navigate to the podcast? But apparently, thanks to you guys, and I know that it's not difficult at all. And all you have to do is go in there and type in Rock the Dragon. So very good to know. Um, I also have one more email here that I'm going to read. Of course, this is our email segment called What Are You Saying? So if you have anything you want to say pertaining to the show, anything otherwise, any questions, comments, concerns, uh, anything like that, you can send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. So I have an email here from Andrew. Andrew, always great to hear from you. Uh, I talk about Andrew every now and then. Andrew was a longtime listener of my other podcast, Republic City Report, Legend of Core podcast. Um, Andrew writes uh, in the subject line that says here, anime question for you. Hola, Tim. Hope you're doing well. I had a couple brief thoughts on the episode. I think it was episode 68 or whichever one aired a week ago that dealt with the Shinron wishes, as well as a broad question for you. So as you discussed, this episode was essentially just a filler and you seem to be pretty okay with it. I can't really recall the filler from DBZ, so I'm not sure how I felt about it then, but I gotta say I really enjoyed this filler episode. I think since this show really just focuses on big fights with one-dimensional bad guys, episodes like this are really just really refreshing to see all the characters and get some of their personalities. I agree that it would have been fun to have it more from the perspective of one of the less frequently seen characters, but I still find myself smiling and enjoying these episodes as much or more than most of the action episodes. Okay, I'm going to read that. I'm going to address that paragraph first, if I can talk properly, which for some reason I can't. Yeah, Andrew. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you're talking about episode 68. Yeah, that was a pretty good episode. That was definitely um uh, one of the better filler type episodes. Um, as a whole, I think I can probably. I mean, it's not that we we haven't even had a ton of filler episodes this far thus far in Dragon Ball Super. I think one of the things that they've tried to do with this new series is try to have less of those. Uh, and that's why they just get straight to the point now. That's why these fights seem to happen a lot more fast than they did in Dragon Ball Z. You know, in Dragon Ball Z, one fight with one villain probably would have taken eight or nine episodes. And that's just the fight, right? But in Super, they've kind of been going <clears throat> a little faster about that that kind of stuff because I, I would assume that was one of the biggest complaints. So, you know, they kind of it took me a little while to get used to that because I was used to them standing around and talking for a while and then powering up for an episode, <laughs> you know, and some parts of me kind of misses that. 
But at the same time, I understand why they kind of cut a lot of that stuff out. But yeah, there was definitely a lot more filler episodes in Dragon Ball Z. Uh, and not all of them were great. Some of them were super boring, but I mean, I, I love, I love them all. I love them all. You know what I mean? And that's why I haven't watched Kai really have no desire to watch Kai. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I have my definitive version of Dragon Ball and that's the Funimation English dub version. You know, the original Toonami, you know, version is, uh, well, not the original original, but you know, the ones that they released on the Blu-rays for where they went back and there is blood in there and they, you know, they they're not talking about the next dimension and all that shit like the ocean dub. <laughs> OK, it's definitely kill you death. They do use those words. Um, but yeah, so we haven't gotten as much filler in Dragon Ball Super, but I can say, you know, obviously I can't remember everything right now, but I pretty much enjoyed most of it, I would say. Now, there was a couple episodes with like Master Zuno and and uh, and stuff like that. And um God, what's the little space cop's name? Not, see, now I can't even remember his name. What happened to him, by the way? What happened to that dude? Like he just, he just vanished, right? Or, or am I forgetting Jaco? Jaco, yeah. I wasn't a big Jaco fan, so anytime they brought him in there to do anything, you know, it was just kind of was boring. But uh, and maybe they realized that. Maybe that's why he just vanished from the show. I don't even remember the last time <laughs> we saw him, right? Huh. I, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out soon enough. Maybe they'll come back. I mean, obviously, they they haven't been showing everyone because, I mean, they haven't shown Monaka either. And But I, I'm sure all those characters will come back, right? And Champa and all that. Yeah, we're going to go. They're going to come back. It's just they they didn't have anything to do with this arc, so it wouldn't make sense that they would be here, but I'm sure they're... Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll see them again. I mean, I, I, I for one, would be totally okay with not seeing Jaco again. <laughs> but you know what? Even... Even Emperor Pilaf has been somewhat interesting as of late. So, you know, maybe with Jaco, they'll find something to do with him. I don't know. Uh, anyway, but yeah. So, you know, just going back to the point there with all the filler and everything that I, I, I really enjoyed that episode. You know, it was just like you said, you know, whereas most of the main arcs have been a little bit less exciting in terms of just having one dimensional villains and fights and all that kind of stuff. Um, with the exception of uh, Zamasu, I do say Zamasu and Goku Black were sort of the best villains that they probably ever had in some ways. Okay, and that's a weird statement to make, but in some ways, they're probably the, the most, you know, uh, believable sort of well fleshed out villains because they had, they had motivations outside of just revenge. You know, just some creation <laughs> from Dr. Zero or from Bobbity or someone, you know, and like they're probably the best villain since Vegeta, I think, you know, in my opinion. Ever So going back that far now, once again, that's in terms of motivations and things like that. I also love Frieza. I mean, Frieza still my favorite villain of all uh, because they really took their time with everything they did there. And that built up and it just felt it felt believable felt like he really had a, a hold on the universe and he started off as being kind of this shadowy figure and we didn't know much about him and then not only did we learn a lot about him we got to see him transform several times I mean it's just like the most epic thing ever and I feel like I'm going on a weird tangent now <laughs> okay but hopefully somewhere in there I gave you some useful stuff now let's uh, get to your second paragraph now for my question what do you think of the stigma out there towards what seems to be anybody that likes anime 
I know you're somewhere around eight to 10 years older than me, so this might be different for you, but I remember around probably middle school or maybe early high school, it was basically a social death sentence to admit to liking basically any type of anime. Funnily enough, as I've gone from high school to undergrad to med school, I feel like I keep finding out more and more people who are closet anime watchers. And to be honest, I can kind of understand the stigma because there is definitely a higher percentage of oddballs uh, parentheses trying not to insult anybody out there that tend to be into anime but it's also a, but it's also sort of a shame because a lot of those my age 24 to 25 still think anime equals Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh and thus must be lame childish or just weird but in reality shows like Hunter x Hunter Attack on Titan and Death Note are extremely well written shows just wondering what your thoughts were on this and if it really is just my age group or applies to yours as well Thanks, Andrew. Andrew, woo, okay, that's a deep question. And I'm I'm <laughs> I'm happy to, to give you my perspective on it. Um, you know, there's there's definitely a stigma associated with I mean, not even just people, you know, specifically that are in the anime, but just being a geek, right? Like it all I feel like it all kind of like um, it all kind of evolves from that. Does you you have a geek and then there's a lot of different stuff that kind of falls under that category and I'm going to say this you can be a geek about anything and this is what people don't realize right even sports fans are geeks okay they just they just like sports that's just their thing now that's obviously the term geek has over time been sort of defined as specific genres like cartoons uh, comic books superheroes anime etc right but everybody's a geek. Every, there's always, everyone has something that they're passionate about that maybe other people won't understand. And that's just how it is. And that's totally okay. And that's cool. And anyone who tries to make anyone feel like shit for liking anything that they like, as long as it's not hurting them or anyone else, as far as I'm concerned, can go to hell. <laughs> okay? I'm pretty passionate about the stuff that I like. And I would never try to, like, you know, make, make someone else feel bad about it. Unfortunately, you know, um, not everyone else is like that. So I do have to say, yeah, there's definitely sort of a stigma. But for me, um, you know, when I started getting into anime seriously, it wasn't until Dragon Ball Z. Now, before that, I'd probably seen a handful of things, right? Every now and then there were these movies that would come on. I remember Fist of the North Star. I remember um, uh, I remember Ninja Scroll. The, I mean, these are just kind of the ones that I remember that were kind of uh, one-offs that would just pop up every now and then. I mean, obviously, as a kid, I watched a ton of cards. I mean, I'm, I am a geek. I mean, so, I, and not only am I a geek, but I was also a really big martial arts fan. And I, I always loved, you know, Martin martial arts and ninjas and stuff. So it just became sort of a logical progression for me to start to get into anime at some point. Because I've, I used to watch, all, like, martial arts movies all the time. It wasn't so much anime, but I, you know, some of my favorite movies of all time, like the old school kung fu, like Shaw Brothers films and stuff like that. So I was actually surprised that I didn't get into anime. Um around the same time now it wasn't as popular here then as it is now i mean you know we're talking a time period i'm not that old okay <laughs> but we're talking a time period when when i was a kid vhs tapes were still sort of the big thing right so you had to go you had to search if you wanted to find that kind of stuff um if you may have been lucky and found one or two movies that were dubbed in english you know on the back shelf at you know your local video store 
Um, which is a shame those don't really exist anymore. I really miss those. <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't as prevalent. It wasn't as easy to get. And then later on, you know, once the Internet really started to take off and stuff that we got more access to that kind of stuff. And I think part of the reason why, at least at that point in time, it seemed to be sort of a quote unquote, you know, stigma or a negative thing that people looked at was because it wasn't as much of it. Right. It was almost like watching porn or some shit. You know, like people like it, but no one wants to talk about it. Right. Because it's it's almost like you have to go find it. You know, it's it's the less available it is, the more people don't understand it. And that's that's what I would say about that. You know, I mean, it's like uh, and it wasn't it was never like a big thing to me as a kid, because I I always hung out with people that were a lot like me. So if I was was watching anime, they were watching anime too. And the only people that would have anything stupid to say about it would be people who just didn't understand it. And, they, you know, because they just, I don't know, I felt sorry for those people, to be honest with you. Because like you said, a lot of those people were probably watching it too, but they just were embarrassed for some reason. And those are the people that I feel the worst for. I feel sorry for those people. I feel sorry for people that can't, love something and enjoy it publicly you know they have to feel like there's something they're 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 ashamed of it i it didn't i didn't experience it much as a kid because well as a kid you're kind of expected to watch cartoons and play with toys and shit right honestly most of it has come later on as an adult (laughs) you know what i mean like no one questions me for anything that i like now for the most part i mean but I do think about it now more than than anything else because I am older, I guess. And but a lot of people don't realize that, like you said, a lot of these shows aren't necessarily for kids. Right. And I think it's just hard for some people to disassociate that they automatically see animated characters and they think of a cartoon. You know, they think of SpongeBob or they think of Care Bears or some shit that's just like really, really made for kids and that stuff's great and i used to watch some of that kind of stuff when i was a kid as i got older the types of animation i watched started to mature too you know and i think a lot of people just don't see the difference they see a drawn character they automatically think cartoon they don't realize that you know people are getting limbs ripped off and heads knocked off and getting impaled and getting punched and cussed out and brutally destroyed you know what i mean they don't they can't focus on the fighting and the writing and the quality of it i've talked about this a bunch of times but avatar the last airbender is one of my favorite shows of all time and that was considered a kid's show and you know what it probably was but even for like a kid's show that show was incredible i mean so well written you know there's no reason why adults can't enjoy show you know there's a reason why these Disney animated movies are some of the biggest movies on the face of the planet, right? It's not just kids watching those. <laughs> those are adults, too. And, and it's part of the transition that um, the industry has gone through in realizing that, hey, we can also make these movies for adults, you know? So they, they write them in such a way to where, like, both kids and adults can enjoy them. And I think that's where Dragon Ball fits in at, you know, more so Dragon Ball Z <laughs> and Super. Now, Dragon Ball itself, I mean, that... I have it's a little bit hard for me to go back and watch Dragon Ball because I it's just a little bit too kid friendly for me. And you're right. And like people even now, people still they can't seem to disassociate, you know, that there are different types of anime even within the broader anime genre. You know, like you said, like some people automatically assume anime means Pokemon 
or Yu-Gi-Oh or something like that. And I've never watched either one of those. I mean, those are just two. Those are two properties I just never got into. I remember I remember it. I used to work at a bookstore <clears throat> when Pokemon was probably at its biggest in the United States or Yu-Gi-Oh was massive. I mean, people were coming in there. They were having tournaments. You know, we would host these tournaments in the store and we just let them play. You know what I mean? And like. You know, people just automatically assume that that is what anime is. But man, the real anime fans know, you know, that it goes way deeper than that. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of serious themes and, 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 and topics that are covered in these things in terms of the future and destiny and philosophy. And we know how great this stuff is. And people who don't like it or don't understand it, you know, the hell with them. You know, I don't I honestly don't even really think about it much. Uh, there's going to be a stigma associated with everything. I mean, even jocks, quote unquote, you know, like if, <laughs> like I was the kind of kid when I was in school that I, I I felt like I could fit into any group. You know, I would hang out with the quote unquote geeks. I would hang out with the music kids. I would hang. I had a few friends that were playing football. I played basketball. You know what I mean? And, and like, um, unfortunately, not everyone's like that. You know, people, some people just kind of like to latch on to one thing and it's hard for them to see any perspective outside of their own. And once again, I feel sorry for those people because ultimately they're the ones that are missing out. And what's funny about it is that a lot of this stuff, you know, when I was a kid, you know, it, the older kids would look at me weird if I was, if they saw me reading a comic book, you know, but look at this is 2018. What are the biggest movies on the planet now? All comic book movies, all science fiction based fantasy stuff, comic book superhero stuff, right? It's just so funny how the things that we used to watch and see, read, watch and read in secret as a kid is now something that the whole world is enjoying. And like, that's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. It's, you know, it's kind of funny, though, when you see people that used to talk shit about you as a kid <laughs> and now they're walking around with a Spider-Man T-shirt on and stuff like I was hey, I was reading that comic book when I was eight <laughs> you know but it's it's a beautiful thing and, and i feel like because of that because it has become so mainstream now that uh i feel like these stigmas have become less i feel like people are being you know uh, less marginalized because of it at least i hope so what's sad about it is that even within the geek community we're starting to fight with each other now and that's what i don't understand you know i mean just look at all the recent shit about star wars and like you know like i mean we're getting so passionate now to where we're starting to fight over things that we probably shouldn't be fighting over. You know, if you don't enjoy a movie or you didn't like a performance, fine, leave it at that. But we're getting to the point now where actors are starting to be targeted, you know, and harassed and shit. And that's sad. You know, it's sad for the geek community to ever turn into the thing that we hated. Right. Like we, <laughs> there's a reason why we kept to ourselves with our action figures and shit. You know, and now, you know, we're turning into those same people that, you know, we we freaking tried to stay away from the whole time. And that, that that's what bothers me about it. But, you know, you're right. There's a lot of really good anime out there. And I think, you know, it's, it's something that I consider. I mean, you know, I'm walking around with a Dragon Ball Z tattoo on my arm. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like. I don't know what people's reaction is going to be the second I walk into a room. It's always been positive, though. I can say that, you know, it's always been, dude, is that a Shinron tattoo? I mean, you know, it's been nothing. But 
there's always sort of this sort of thing, you know, especially when I was, I mean, I, I, I have a girlfriend right now and we're very happy and et cetera. But, you know, every time I would start to date a new girl, I have to be, there's a part of me that's having to wonder, is she going to like think that I'm weird because of the shit that I like? Because of this weird stigma that has people have created around anime and, and, and liking comic books and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's never been a problem, but it's, it's definitely something that I had to consider. You know, is she going to walk into, you know, <laughs> I, my office that I record this podcast in is covered with shit. There's action figures everywhere. There's posters everywhere. You know what I mean? And like for someone who's very small minded and you bring them home and they walk in, they see that they'll immediately you don't know what they're going to think. You know, because people don't realize that it's and I feel like I'm going on a tangent here now, but I, I feel really strongly about this kind of stuff. So I hope you guys are still bearing with me here. But, uh, you know, you don't have to give up your childhood just because you grow up. And I'm a very strong, like sort of proponent of that. You know, it, it's not, you know, sitting around and playing with toys in the bathtub and shit might be a bit much as an adult. But if you know. You don't have to lose your innocence. You don't have to lose that sense of wonder that you had as a kid. And, and that is why mo people like me grow up to create because we never lose that. And if we start to lose that, then none of this shit that we like would be around. You know, we wouldn't have computers if it wasn't for a geek. We wouldn't have movies as if it wasn't for geeks. We wouldn't have iPhones if it wasn't for geeks. So people that try to make other people feel bad for liking the stuff that they like then, you know, those people need to go home and throw away everything in their freaking house because all of that stuff was made by someone that's who at some point someone else thought was weird or thought was crazy because of something that they liked. And if it wasn't for these people that grew up, you know, sort of being marginalized and, and make feel bad about the kind of stuff that they liked, we wouldn't have the stuff that we have. That's what people don't realize is that <laughs> these people grow up and they don't they don't let go of their childhoods. And they don't let go of that imagination just because they're an adult now. You shouldn't have to do that. You can still love the things you love and enjoy the things you do love. Because a lot of people out there, they you know they're they're they hate themselves because they can't freely enjoy the things that they enjoy. So that is why we win. As geeks, we win because we can do it. You know, and no one should ever feel bad about liking the stuff that they like. Once again, as long as you're not hurting anybody. You know, there's a there's definitely a fine line there. You're not hurting anyone by just watching anime. You know, I don't think for one second that is a coincidence that I grew up to become a video editor. I mean, like I've you know, I've, I've always been someone who's been crazy about TV shows, movies, comic books and stuff like that. It's not a coincidence that I found myself working in a field that is very closely tied to all that kind of stuff. So as you grow up, it just changes, you know, like like I said, you don't have to. It doesn't mean you're sitting around playing Pokemon or whatever. But even if you are, I, who cares? You know what I mean? Is, is my point. Like, I certainly don't care. I have a lot of friends that are really big into board games and a lot of stuff like that. And I, I wish I had more time and patience to sit down and learn them myself. You know what I mean? But people just need to realize that, like, the second you let go of the things you like just because you, quote unquote, grew up, I mean, you might as well be dead. <laughs> that's the way I feel about that okay so wow uh, that went on pretty long but uh, I hope that answered your question in there and I, I, I just want to say this thank you to everybody who listens to this podcast okay because like you guys have always made me feel like you know you know, we're, we're friends having a conversation about a show that we love it may not always be great <laughs> sometimes it might suck 
but we love this franchise and that's why we're here right you know and when you love something you can you can tell you can tell them that they're wrong you can tell them hey that's still you did bad <laughs> you did bad with that episode that episode sucked but i think sort of the, the the moral of all of this is you know some people are gonna get it and some people aren't you know some people are gonna be open-minded and some people aren't you know and what i like to tell people is hey Regardless of how weird you may think some of the stuff I'm into is, I guarantee you there's at least something that you do that I would probably find equally as weird too. But that's what makes us all individuals. That's what makes us all unique. And, you know, as long as you're not hurting anybody, by all means, you know, mind your business. I'll mind mine, <laughs> you know. But yeah, once again, you know, some people will like it. Some people won't. Some people will be open minded to it. Some people won't, you know, and like you just can't be concerned about what other people like and don't like i mean you know they're just you know they don't have to get it you know and they're and as far as i'm concerned they're the ones that are missing out okay so enough about that i'm sure that went on a lot longer than it probably should have <laughs> okay but to be honest with you it's kind of okay that i went into that because there's not a lot to talk about about this episode of dragon ball i mean it's clearly <laughs> clearly a filler episode but we're going to jump into it and we're going to talk about it. It's not going to be an extended conversation because there's nothing to dissect about this. It's just sort of a one-off random sort of creative uh, thing. So uh, with that being said, we're going to jump into the episode talk for this week. Of course, this episode of Rock the Dragon podcast, episode 69, it's going to cover episode 69 of Dragon Ball Super titled Goku versus Arale. An off-the-wall battle spells the end of the earth. Uh, I think it's Arale. I mean, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly here. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So, immediately, immediately, we know that this is just a fun episode. This is just a fun filler episode, right? Because they, <laughs> the little pig on the tree branch tells us that. He says, don't, don't panic. This episode of Dragon Ball Super is a crossover. Just letting anyone know, sort of, you know, if you're flipping through the channels and you're like, holy shit, what the hell is this? Did they cancel Dragon Ball Super? Like, if you didn't catch the opening credits, it's like, no, this is still Dragon Ball. We're just having a little bit of fun. We're just doing something a little different here. So right off the bat, all expectations and things are changed. And it's just kind of like, OK, well, let's just see what this turns into. We get <laughs> a pig in a tree who's not Oolong. OK, he, he's specifically designed differently than Oolong. OK, so. Uh, we know that that's not him. There's a, uh, a sun in the sky brushing his teeth. <laughs> uh, and then we get this shot of this little girl named Arale, right? Who's running super quickly. She's got this hat with her name on it. She's got these little wings on her hat. Uh, and so immediately, you know, and most of us, I would assume, are wondering who the hell is this character right <laughs> but we know it's a we know it's a crossover so it's safe to assume that it's another character from toriyama's universe and that's exactly what it is after the episode i went and did a little bit of research so i'll just kind of talk about that a little bit now just for you guys who may not be aware of this i mean they say most of this in the episode but raleigh is basically a character from dr slump okay dr slump was one of toriyama's earlier creations like before dragon ball was a manga that he had and she was a character in that. Uh, so I'm going to read here just a little bit of information I found on Dragon Ball Wiki page. Um, it says here she's the main protagonist to Akira Toriyama's previous series, Dr. Slump, as well as a minor supporting character in the Dragon Ball manga, anime, and Dragon Ball Super. Uh, she is an android built by Sinbei, Sinbei Nuramaki, known for her naivete 
energetic personality, superhuman strength, and lack of common sense. Being the world's first perfect android, her only physical flaw is that she is nearsighted and needs to wear glasses. Senbei's mission is to convince the other citizens of Penguin Village that Arale is a human girl, which they appear to believe in despite taking notice of her numerous displays of superhuman athletic capability. Okay, so basically it's just a character from another manga that Toriyama had a long time ago that decided to bring back. Uh, apparently she was <clears throat> in the Dragon Ball anime at some point. Once again, I didn't watch Dragon Ball. I didn't watch the entire series, so I don't remember her <laughs> at all. You know, when I was watching Dragon Ball, it's just select episodes. A lot of the earlier stuff I didn't really see. Uh, so I'm not familiar with this character at all. But I think it's kind of cool that, you know, if you're going to have these filler episodes anyway, why not just do some off the wall shit? This is just a fun sort of episode. I call it like a meta episode where they're they're very self-aware. You know, there's a it's almost like Deadpool, <laughs> but Dragon Ball. You know what I mean? Like it's some of the comments that Vegeta makes throughout. It's like he's breaking the fourth wall, basically. You know, he's not looking directly at the camera. But he's referencing things in the real world, saying like this is from a gag manga. And it's just it's just a fun sort of episode. Um, so with that being said, let's just kind of get into it, just kind of break it down. Not that there's much to break down. Um, I thought was very cool is that they even for, for the first part of this episode where you're seeing a Raleigh's story, wherever she is in whatever city this is, they drew it in the old school way. Right. Like all the like the police and the car and the little creatures, they all look like the old school Toriyama art style. So I thought that that was super cool, right? Because this is what Dragon Ball looked like. Like the original Dragon Ball, these characters were drawn more so like this. Um, so I thought it was very cool that for her introduction, it's kind of drawn in that style. But it's obviously modernized with, you know, with HD graphics and all this shit. <laughs> But I thought that that was pretty cool, right? Because they, they could have easily tried to sort of modernize these characters the way they have done with the Dragon Ball characters over time. Because Goku isn't drawn the exact same way that he was drawn in Dragon Ball. You know, he looks a lot different. Face Facial definition is different. His hair is different. All that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, basically we find out that she is about to go to West City. Uh, and that is basically where Boma lives. And that's where a lot of the Dragon Ball stuff happens at so then we transition over to this event that's being covered it's like the annual world inventors awards um hosted by mr satan so it's nice to see him again always nice to see him get pulled back into the mix um the way they draw him now is just so different than dragon ball z though that is distracting in a way uh but yeah so we find out that boma is being nominated for an invention right so not the worst setup i mean it makes sense that something like this would happen when of course vegeta's sitting there at the table in a suit miserable <laughs> little trunks is there so we get a little you know conversation between them about what's going on here just kind of setting up the story as far as her being sort of in this competition to to win a prize now what's funny about this is that they 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 go back outside and we we discover because i didn't notice this the first time around but <laughs> Goku is actually standing outside the building as sort of a security guard or bouncer or something like that, I guess. 
uh, but he's working the door. He's standing there with a suit on, his hair slicked back. I couldn't even, I didn't even realize that was him the first time they showed him. I was like, is that Gohan? <laughs> but no, it was Goku with his hair slicked back. Didn't last long before he was like, yeah, no, this isn't working out. So his hair, you know, you can't tame Goku's hair. That's a thing. It just, you can't. And then he just kind of busts out of his suit a little bit and just starts to leave. Uh, so then we go back in. Uh, Mr. Satan is kind of at the podium, just, you know, announcing everything. We do get the uh, doctor uh, that I was mentioning a second ago, Senbei Norimaki, <laughs> um, who is, I believe, is also Dr. Slump, right? Uh, so he's got a new invention and he's got like this little device that comes out that kind of walks and talks by itself and if <laughs> If I'm understanding this correctly, it is it is a device in which whatever you imagine into it somehow uh, it will produce Okay, so you know, whatever. I mean, you know, it, it sounds like the most unbelievable freaking invention you could ever <laughs> imagine but in this world, we've seen crazier things, I guess. So uh, for some reason, it materializes a, 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 a girly magazine. <laughs> and Mr. Satan is like, but, what, but why would this be the first thing that you would think of? Um, and I don't know. He gives some kind of weird explanation for it. You know, it, it's it's not. I don't honestly, I don't know how anything in this world could top the capsules that Capsule Corp has invented. I mean, those things, <laughs> there should be no competition. There should be no, there's no beating that. I don't care what you invent, okay? The only invention that's better than those capsules are the Dragon Balls. So we can thank the Namex, the Namekians for that. We can thank Kami <laughs> for, for making those. But other than that, you know, those capsules are pretty incredible. So I don't... I, I don't the only thing I think they didn't address here is what which of Boma's inventions was being nominated here. So I kind of wish they would have gone into that unless I'm wrong, which I could be. I don't know. But then to test the machine out, Mr. Satan does it um, and makes a little doll of himself. Of course, why wouldn't he do that? And I guess they all liked it so much they decide to just give the guy the award. But then we kind of we're, we're cutting back and forth. We're getting these sort of short uh, glances at this person walking toward everything. He comes out and reveals himself as a villain of some sort. I don't remember what his name was, but clearly he was a villain from the manga who died. Right. And this is just their way of trying to explain well, what is he doing here if he died in the original manga? He points down. And he has like a little ghostly tail, right? Um, and he he, speci <laughs> he specifically says he broke out of the home for infinite losers, which that is an old running sort of thing. If you remember when Dragon Ball was first airing, um, it was censored because guys and Maz, those two guys in hell, they had the word hell on their shirt. But they had to edit it and they changed it to HFIL. And for a while in, that, in those early Ocean Dub versions of the show, they would refer to it as the home for infinite losers. But it's actually hell. OK, so he escaped hell somehow. Uh, and so he's still like part ghost. I mean, who knows how he got out of hell? It doesn't matter. I'm not going to overanalyze this episode because none of this stuff I'm, am I considering canon. The canon stuff, I'll dissect and I'll give them shit over it. But for a filler 
non-canon sort of episode, and I'm just going to say this is non-canon, okay? Because if it is, then we'd have to be like, okay, well, why didn't they go get a Raleigh? Because apparently she's incredibly strong, probably stronger than Goku. So I'm just, I'm not even taking it like that. I'm not even thinking about it like that. I'm thinking about it this being like, you know, a one-off fun sort of side episode, you know, like the movies, but just, you know, it just happens. So she pops up eventually, starts, you know, running amok. I think the villain revealed that he somehow slipped some sort of uh, poison or something into people's foods or it's somehow basically Raleigh is under his control. Right. So she's just kind of laughing around, you know, running around laughing, being a little kid, but she's being very destructive and she's just kind of destroying things. So they immediately look over at Vegeta because he's the strongest person there that to their knowledge. <laughs> and they're like, will, will you do something about this? Uh, and Arale just kind of wants to play and by play in her idea that, you know, in her mind, that kind of means fighting. Right. So then we just kind of cut outside to Goku taking a nap and Vegeta. I don't know where Vegeta just gets knocked through the wall. And he says, he, so he makes a comment about, you know, only an 80s, you know, only a character from an 80s gag manga could do. The, OK, so, you know, at this point, well, like I said, this is sort of a meta sort of episode where we know that they're kind of making fun of themselves and just kind of breaking the fourth wall in some ways and everything. So once, once you kind of understand that that's the kind of episode that it is, you start to become more accepting of what's going on, because I'm not going to lie. In the first, you know, five you know 10 minutes i wasn't very invested in it because you know you got to remember that unless you are someone who's familiar with these characters it's not going to have the same effect on you right but i can totally see in japan people watching this episode and being like oh that's so cool that they brought you know dr slump back um because they're probably way more familiar with them than we are here so i could see the so i'm not going to criticize this episode on that level because this isn't wasn't really designed for us. You know, I mean, I'm sure there are some plenty of people here who went back and read those old mangas. And that's that's great. I'm not one of them, though. <laughs> I'm not familiar with these other characters at all. So it was a little bit hard for me to kind of really get into this episode. But once Vegeta starts making the comments and she starts kind of kicking his ass all over the place, then it starts to really kind of pick up and it starts to get pretty funny uh, to me. There's even a moment where he kicks her into this statue and her head comes off, which I was a little bit surprised that they even showed that the way that they did. But, you know, I think probably there's, you know, by, you know, television standards, as long as you show that it's a robot. So, you know, we find out that she's an android and you can see sort of the, the mechanical pieces in her neck. So that makes it okay. And then she gets up and she punches the ground and she splits the entire world in half. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's really silly. Um, so at this point, it's just funny stuff happening. And, and I laughed. I mean, she pretty much, she kicked the shit out of Vegeta. She kicks him way into the sky. She shoots up there and then she just headbutts the shit out of him. And I think I, I just laughed really hard <laughs> because the way he flew away in the distance where he was just spinning like that was just really funny, you know? And which I mean, I feel like they kind of they should have just kept it silly, but they decided to kind of get serious ish about it by like having, you know, Boma and Mr. Satan be super concerned about it on the sideline. I'm thinking this whole thing is just silly. So like this just play up the silliness at this point. Why not just keep it going? Don't even try to make it serious. Don't call Lord Beerus. I mean, why would you do that? 
especially because if they were going to treat this whole thing like it was serious, uh, they would already be dead because she just punched the world in half. I mean, there's no way, <laughs> there's no way the world would be able to survive that. So at that point, just don't even try to be serious about it. But Boma contacts uh, Weiss and is trying to get Beerus to come and do something about it. Um, and Beerus is taking a nap. So, and just kind of continuing with the silliness, you know, they start talking about poop. Uh, <laughs> Trunks makes an all poop comment and it gives the guy uh, an idea. And I can only assume that this is something, this is a running sort of gag from the original manga of some sort. Like, I'm assuming that Arale has some sort of history where she gets distracted by poop. <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing I can kind of assume that that's what they're alluding to with this. So this little, I'm, I guess it's poop. I mean, it's pink. It doesn't look like normal poop, but I guess they had to kind of make it TV friendly. But so there's this poop on a stick and Trunks throws it at her to distract her because she's charging up an energy blast and Goku's charging up one. So she just kind of gets distracted and just pokes poop with a stick for a little bit. Um, you know, I, I guess just a distractor in the meantime, while Boma realizes that there's a camera on the ground because they were kind of broadcasting live. Uh, and she just tells everyone at home to imagine the best tasting food they could ever think of and sort of direct their energies toward this machine and the machine kind of creates this little ball of food that apparently uh you know includes all the best tasting foods ever and this is enough to wake Beerus up who immediately sort of teleports to earth <laughs> because of the food so he eats it and it's this great great thing and while he's there he also just kind of dissipates the villain because at this point he's the only one who can really do anything about this ghost because they can't seem to really touch him but um i actually like it when we says it doesn't matter what you are where you're from there's nothing lord beers can't destroy and uh that was a pretty cool moment it's like wow he really he's a destroyer guy he can even you know vaporize a weird demon ghost thing <laughs> so yeah then he eats the food and it's the greatest thing he ever freaking ate or whatever and he gets interrupted by raleigh and at this point he's pretty much about to destroy her but then his stomach really starts bothering him and he just has to i guess take a shit <laughs> and then they kind of say well you know all of that those flavors and mixed together from all around the world and stuff probably wouldn't have the best effect on someone's stomach uh but basically it just gives an opportunity to you know to let arale survive another day i guess um and she does and um that's pretty much it i mean you know I'm not going to try to talk too much more about this. I mean, it's just nothing really that, you know, deep to kind of talk about. So we get sort of a parting moment where she kind of goes back to her town and, uh, you know, everyone says bye and stuff. And that's pretty much it. You know, it's it was sort of a fun one off sort of episode. I did laugh. You know, I'm sure it was very nice to kind of revisit some of these characters for anyone who. Uh, was already familiar with them was probably kind of fun I did laugh a couple of times um, it wasn't a bad episode but it's nothing to dissect it's nothing to you know really theorize about here it's just kind of me commenting on some random shit <laughs> okay so uh, I don't know what did you think about it what are you saying send me an email at rock the dragon podcast at gmail.com 
Uh, let me know what your thoughts are. I'm not expecting a lot of emails on this <laughs> based around this episode. Uh, and of course, the episode does end with Vegeta still just kind of hanging from a limb with his suit on and everything. So just a fun little one-off sort of episode. I don't know how many more of these we're going to get before we jump back into some sort of an arc of some sort. Um, I mean, there's no rush. I, I could, I'd be happy with one or two more filler episodes as long as there's something cool and different i would still love to spend some time with someone else though we don't need goku in every episode now i i understand why he was here right because uh i didn't mention this earlier but he eventually he remembered that he met raleigh as a kid so you kind of have to have them see each other again and be like oh right i remember you and yada 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 but it'd also be nice to just spend time with another character which character i don't know I'd love to see Gohan again, obviously, but I don't imagine whatever's going on with him right now is that interesting. <laughs> so I, I don't know, but I'm very interested to see what happens next. Uh, so, yeah, uh, as always, guys, thanks for all the support. Head over to Facebook, like the page, head over to the YouTube channel, subscribe, etc. That being said, I'm going to shut it down for the night. So until next time for Rock Dragon Podcast, I'm Tim Bridgewater, and I will see you guys next time.